Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. He's been here. been there. Magic down the middle, just what I thought. A hook shot at 12. Good! He's been everywhere. Shot from there and a save and a rebound. Yes! Score! Yes! Kings win the cup! Sobel. That's one small step for man. Ted Sobel. One giant leap for man. The man, the myth, the legend. What the hell's going on out here? Now, one-on-one with Ted Sobel. Welcome back to Touching Greatness, the podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network. And we are talking NFL playoffs again this week with the great Doug Plank. But before we get to Doug, we need to talk about 8sleep.com. Let's make 2019 the last year you suffered through bad sleep. Listen to these studies from Harvard and Johns Hopkins. Chronic sleep deprivation has been shown to lead to depression, diabetes, obesity, and cardiovascular disease. We need eight hours of sleep. And one of the sleep's biggest problems is temperature. Tough to get good sleep if you're too hot or cold. It's 2020 now, folks, and now you have the Pod by 8 Sleep. The Pod is a high-tech bed designed specifically to help you achieve optimal sleep fitness. It was developed by leading sleep researchers after tracking 43 million hours of sleep, and it combines dynamic temperature regulation and sleep tracking to enhance your rest and recovery. It learns your sleep habits and adjusts the temperatures automatically. That means if you like the bed cool, your partner likes the bed warm now you can have both at the same time in a crazy comfortable bed for the next week you can get two hundred dollars off your pod and a free gravity blanket for a total value of 500 bucks only at eightsleepcom slash vsin and we welcome back doug plank ex-safety at the ohio state university and the chicago bears of course from mr 46 defense fame and my sports usa colleague doug welcome back and what a a great wild card weekend we just had, huh? It was great. I, I, I really think, you know, sometimes you get one of those on a weekend, but it seemed like every one that came up was better than the one before it. And I, I think it's an example, Ted, of, you know, going against equally matched teams that are laying it on the line, doing everything they have to do. And so many times during the season, we see teams playing not to lose instead of playing to win. Yep. And we didn't see that in the playoffs. I mean, those teams were laying it on the line. They were uh, calling plays. They were conducting themselves like they wanted to win those games. And it was, it was really fun to watch. And before we get into this weekend's games, i got to ask you about the Saints getting upset at home and the last play, the potential uh, pass interference in the end zone. Kyle Rudolph, did he push off? Did he not? What did you see, and what did you think of the non-call and not even a replay at it? I was really surprised at the no recall or no replay. Um, I think that the Saints were, I don't want to say, uh, should have been giving some more consideration based on what happened last year. Uh, some somewhere deep down inside me, I think all those fans who were at the game and around the country watching that game thought, you know what, they're going to call this. There's going to be something that's going to give the Saints a little bit more consideration. But it didn't happen. It wasn't the case. And, um, you know, for whatever reason, they felt like they had the right call. And uh, there was no payback for a bad call a year earlier. And um, I, I felt bad for the Saints. I mean, they uh, they've now been able to weather two times in the playoffs 
potential call ending the game, and uh, I can only imagine how uh, sad that locker room must have been. So looking at the play yourself, though, do you think if it was in the second quarter it would have been called, or is this something that was very debatable anyway to you? Well, I... <laughs> Isn't it funny how we can consider all these other possibilities? Oh yes. Well, you know, you know, officials yes, have to I, be thinking I, different, right? If it's yes, the last I play, I totally of the game. agree with you. I I think if that would have been in the second or third quarter, it would have called. It would have been called. And uh, and it, but you know what? There would have been time after that uh, game to take place. You know, possessions to take place. Yeah. So that in the big picture of things, after it was all said and done. That play was really almost insignificant as it related to the wins or loss. But now you now you take it to the fourth quarter, and now all of a sudden there's not very much time left on the clock. It it becomes a major major factor, and I, I think you know it's one of those situations that you know you'd like to think that all these decisions are made very objectively, and any other official could come in and do the same thing, watch the same film, make the same play. But I beg to differ. I think there's always consideration taken into place. Who is it? Um, we see it all the time with quarterbacks, Ted. Uh, some oh, yeah. of the no-name quarterbacks, they get destroyed. Where, on the other hand, more popular quarterbacks that are a bigger feature for their team, suddenly, you know, there's a shield around them. You know, yep. and you sometimes you don't even have to almost touch the quarterback and get penalized. Uh, and so it's totally up to the officials, and uh, I, I do think that there's very subjective decisions being made. So here Minnesota advances, and uh, let's get into the divisional round playoffs this weekend. The Vikings are at San Francisco to open things up on Saturday. Uh, Adam Thielen all of a sudden is questionable with some kind of an ankle thing, and they said he has a cut on his ankle. Stephon Diggs uh, has an illness. He's been missing practice. They better get those two guys available for Kirk Cousins, don't you think? I really do think. You know, I think the 49ers are really a great team, and – I think that they're powerful and they're able to do things. And you, you have to take into consideration injuries because injuries are always going to be part of a game, uh, not just the future games, but also the existing games. But Minnesota is a six seed going in here, so obviously the expectations are less. As yes. a player, would you feel more pressure in San if you were? A San Francisco 49er, you're supposed to win, you're at home, you got a healthy defense again, and you've been playing fantastic, or or does that, uh, is that more overblown? Um, you know, it all depends. I, I, I truly believe it changes from week to week. And some of those things that you talk about one week are totally flipped upside down the next week. And, you know, in other words, missed players. How many times have we seen games where the guy that was starting was injured and couldn't start the next week, and the player for him came in and played unbelievable, you know, just made plays, and or, or at least didn't hurt the team. You know, they were good enough to sustain themselves, whether it was blocking or picking up yards or throwing passes or catching passes, all those sort of things. I, I think it really boils down to you have so many people on a football team. It's not like basketball where you got five players out there, you know, one guy gets hurt you can tell how much impact it's going to have on the game. On the other hand, football is 11 on each side. And then, you know, plus you, you bring in strategy. And 
you have the ability to, you know, um, you know, call different plays and, and, and pick up different situations as far as pl- other players are concerned, different skill sets. So, you know, I just think watching the 49ers, I've, I think there's a wide range that they played this year in terms of their ability. Um, you know, I saw them play a real tough game at the end of the year against Atlanta, and it was really a dogfight. came down to the last minutes, and uh, Sports USA did that game. But uh, it was a fight, and it was a battle. And But at the same time, the Atlanta Falcons, you could say whatever you want. They had a losing record at that time. And were they much better than that? Well, I don't know. That's subjective. That's based on someone's opinion. And so in, in watching the 49ers, sometimes I watch them play, and they look totally unbeatable in every phase of the game, offense, defense, special teams. You know, the other time you watch them against an opponent, maybe they take were taking the Falcons for granted. And maybe the Falcons were playing very, very hard that day and playing well, which, um, you know, Julio Jackson uh, certainly did. Matt Ryan was almost unbelievable yeah. as a quarterback that day. So, you know, you can't take those two guys and just say they didn't have an impact on the win. But I do think that the 49ers, I think it's been a while since they've won anything. And I think their fan base is really uh, excited and fired up as long as they're as well as their players. So I, I think you know the 49ers are really going to have to be given some consideration. Yeah, my thing is, and uh, it's one of the questions I really want to see answered this weekend and possibly the following if the Niners win: Is Jimmy Garoppolo the guy that he's supposed to be? He really hasn't totally proven me to me that he is the guy that can lead if you need him to. You know, I have Mike Florio on every Sunday morning uh, during the pregame show in our NFL doubleheaders on Sports USA. And Mike and I have been saying since week one, Jimmy G, show us you can do it when you have to do it. And I'm still not convinced, although you know, he could totally blow us out of the water this week. <laughs> It does seem funny, you know, when you watch the 49ers, I mean, and I know they've got some players on their team that are very emotional, um, you know, that, that play with a lot of enthusiasm. Like Richard Sherman, maybe? <laughs> yeah, yes, Richard Sherman, and uh, even on offense, they've got Kittle. several players. Yeah, George Kittle. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you don't have to go any further than that. Exactly. But you know what? It, it seems almost like that's a team that really chooses how they want to go out there and play for games. In other words... You don't see them like come out there on the field every time, and they're just stomping everybody. It, it's it's there's incredible range, you know, in terms of both offense and defense that you watch them play, and you go, "Wow, how could they play like this when they just played so different the week before? Either better or worse." So, I think you know there's is a matter of just getting prepared mentally and physically for each of these games because there's not many left now. You know, once you get into the playoffs. Um, I think they got a tremendous fan base. I think it's hard to play out there in, in San Francisco with, against the 49ers. They got a good home field advantage, you know. And, and like I said, they, a lot of their their fans haven't been to deep in the playoffs for a long time, and they're very enthusiastic, very loud, you know. And that's certainly a factor. And the other thing too, Ted, I, I just think as a former player, anytime you got to travel across the country and play a team on the West Coast. I don't care, you know, morning, noon, or night. It doesn't matter. It's hard. It's it's because it disrupts your schedule. And when you're normally playing on an afternoon 
you know, whether it be on the East Coast or down South, it's different than on the West Coast. And it's really a big factor, I think, on Monday night games, where you have these East Coast teams trying to play Monday night games on the West Coast. No doubt. And, you know, at, at halftime, those guys were all be sleeping. They were back, <laughs> in, back on the East Coast. I know, because I'd come into lockers sometimes and look at players at halftime, and every one of them were yawning. Like, you know, they're getting ready to go to bed. And coaches would actually yell at them, hey, stop yawning, stop yawning. Wow. Well, you know, that's easy to say because, you know, you're, you're in bed. You were in bed the night yeah, you're supposed to. you're supposed to go back with, uh, well, then stop yelling and I'll stop yawning. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that's what makes all this so exciting at the end of the year. I mean, it's just... You, you you win, you go on. You lose, you go home. And it's so final. And the, the emotions are so much more powerful during the game and even afterwards. I mean, when you realize you lose, oh, there's this huge disappointment and discouragement. And you're just looking at everybody like, hey, we lost, we're, we're done. And, you know, on the flip side, the party continues. You know, everybody's back slapping and hollering and yelling and, uh, just doing everything possible to make the energy even better for their teammates. And uh, so it's it's a really a great time of the season for both the players and the fans. Absolutely. But as a defensive guy, what is your assessment of Jimmy G? I think in some games he could be rattled. He, he could be uh, distracted. Uh, I think, you know, he's – when he's on, he's on. I mean, he, I, I think he does an incredible job rolling out of the backfield and finding receivers downfield. I think he's got great leadership qualities. I think his team certainly believes in him. You know, and I think the first year he even came from from um, the Patriots, you know, he, he really found a home out there, you know, and, and really just started doing incredible things, making incredible passes. And so, but do I think, you know, it's like anything else. Any team that can penetrate the uh, pocket and put pressure on the quarterback and hit him and knock him down several times, it's going to have an impact on him, Ted, you know, because they don't forget, and they go back there again. Now, whether it's the scheme, whether it's poor blocking by their offensive linemen, whatever it is, it doesn't really matter. You know, one or two big hits on a quarterback early in the game really rattle his accuracy. Well, to me, this game comes down to – Dalvin Cook, can he run the ball against a really healthy defense right now of San Francisco? And, of course, who is Kirk Cousins when clutch time shows again this week? Yeah, you know, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> that's, that's a very good question because that was a very, very close game last week. And, you know, with just a little bit difference in terms of throwing accuracy, that game could have been totally different. And so when people stand up there and they start, you know, criticizing quarterbacks or complimenting them, uh, it's, it's disappointing to see how much variation that one of, some of them have from week to week. And I think that's the difference between, I think all quarterbacks, if they come up and have their day, they're as good as anybody else in the league. What I think makes the great quarterbacks, Ted, is the ability to go out there and do it again and again and again. And when you go out there and you lead your team – and you're a leader, and you're accurate throwing the ball, and you're successful in just energizing everybody in the huddle on the sidelines, that's what makes a great quarterback. And if it isn't showing up every third week and having a great game, and then the other two games, 
you either throw the ball away, you throw it inaccurately, um, you make bad decisions, um, and you're not really a leader to the team. And so that's the difference. Yeah, and that's been uh, Cousins' issue that you never know which guy's going to show up. It, when it when it matters, so uh, he did it last yeah, right. week, and he made that one great pass. Obviously, with a little push off help. So <laughs> the question <laughs> yeah. is, can you get away with it two weeks in a row? Well, you know, here's the other thing too. You you don't forget that in the week before, the officials are the officials look at films too. People don't think, no, understand that they watch players that they're getting ready to play against. Just because of that, Ted, is someone pushing off? Was there a foul? Did somebody, uh, you know, do something, grab a face mask? Uh, is there somebody trying to jump the snap on the line of scrimmage? Those officials get together in a meeting, and during, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, they're watching film of the players. So they actually come into the game with a mindset, you know, who, who they're looking for, who they're looking to call penalties on. Uh, holding, uh, all those sort of things. And uh, and we knew that most times when I was either in the league or when I was a coach. Every team that I coached for, uh, especially the Jets, they would uh, break down the official that was going to be the line judge that game or the back judge, and they would go back and evaluate games that he was the official in and how many calls did he make, both for opposing for home and visitors. So basically, and, officials' tendencies, right? That's exactly right. Yeah. And there were tendencies by some officials, Ted, that you could hold all you wanted. The guy is never going to call it. Absolutely. You could grab no the question. guy and tackle him. It yeah. didn't matter. Here's <laughs> other guys. You just put two hands on him, and you moved him a little slightly. Man, the flag is flying. <laughs> so we would practice that way all week. We, we would practice. If he allowed you to hold, then we held the heck out of the guy. You know, we tackled him. If we, if we didn't, then um, it just went on. So, we, so when you came into the game, we, we already had the, the, the official tendencies in all these different positions. You know, back judge and, and just went ahead and played accordingly. And I'll tell you what, 99 out of 100, it worked out for our better. So back to this game, uh, to me, if Thielen and Diggs play and they're healthy, I like Minnesota in seven points. I think it's a lot of points, and I don't totally trust San Francisco's offense. Uh, what do you think? I think that, and they, I'll just say this, the 49ers have a lot of great athletes, very physical. I think Minnesota is a team is more aggressive. They're more physical. I think they play together well. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't see any drop-off in anybody on that team. You know, sometimes you can watch games and you can see players taking off, whether it's on the line or receivers. You know, like when the ball snapped and the receiver just stands there, if he's an out, wide-out receiver, I mean, come on, give me something. <laughs> Run back to the huddle, do something. You know, and, and you don't see Minnesota doing that. I mean, you can tell all their players are involved in every play. And so I think I, I would have to give the Vikings the edge. Um, I think that's not to say they have better better players or more talented players, but I do think when it comes down to a game-time uh, environment situation, I think the Vikings will play harder. Okay, let's go to Tennessee at Baltimore. The Ravens, nine-and-a-half-point favorites, and should be. They're beating up on everybody. Uh, a lot of rest has to help their cause. What are your thoughts on that, just taking an extra week off to watch everybody beat the crap out of each other 
Yeah, you know what? I think that what's going on with the Ravens right now is what was going on with, I don't want to make a comparison, but you look at the 85 Bears and uh, or, or some of the other teams over the last couple of years that just had a They had momentum. And it wasn't just smoke and mirrors. I mean, they had great players. They made great plays. Uh, I... I think it will be very hard to go against the Ravens. I, I think that, and that's no disrespect to the Titans, because I think the Titans have done incredible jobs of coaching and their players. And, you know, if they get a couple breaks, you know, get a, you know, a couple opportunities, turnovers, someone slipped and fell. You know, it, it really, uh, when I watched those games last week, especially that Buffalo game when uh, Josh Allen took off. Yep. There were players downfield, Ted, that didn't block, that were just standing there. Like, I don't, I don't know what they were doing. And, and eventually the defenders came and tackled him. It was late in the game where they needed that first down or that touchdown. It could have been a touchdown. And I'm just thinking, what would cause someone just to stand there and have no idea what their responsibility? My point is, there were times where I maybe didn't know what I was doing or forgot what my assignment was. It still gave me an opportunity to go tackle somebody, to go hit someone. I don't care. It didn't matter. And when you see players standing around, which I saw in that game, very unusual. Because that team was about grit and energy and and fighting for each other. And um, very much unlike Buffalo Bills to have lost that game. Um, So I guess what I'm saying is really, really difficult, especially right now to uh, take a look at each team and break it down down to a player-by-player basis. Sometimes it's momentum. So sometimes I'm more inclined to want to go with the teams that have more momentum going into the playoffs. Sometimes I just think they play a little bit better. And I think you start talking about the Ravens, oh, my gosh, uh, what a great season. Uh, what, a, what a great situation at the quarterback position. Uh, he not only throws balls accurately, he runs – he dishes balls off. He, he's not just about run or pass. You know, he does so many other things. Similar, you know, to what other younger quarterbacks were doing also, where they got out of the pocket and they thought you were gonna, they, you thought they were going to run, and then they threw a little dump pass. So, you know, all those things together make the Ravens a very, very tough team to beat. Yes, but don't you also have to say that Tennessee has some momentum? They just went into New England and beat the beat up the Patriots and sent them golfing. And at the same time, uh, to me, it looks like if Derrick Henry can run the ball like he is capable, and that Tennessee O line has been doing the job, they can control the clock. That is what they need to do, and make sure Lamar Jackson's watching from the sideline. <laughs> I like your philosophy. I really do. Uh, the running game they had last week, that was amazing. I mean, yep. but, you know, you've got to look at the Patriots. You know, they're not the same team they were last year. Uh, they weren't stopping anybody. There were a lot of teams that owned them, even the week before, the Miami Dolphins. Oh, absolutely. Uh, they were not that good of a team at this stage of the game. You know, whether you want to, uh, you know, a person goes, well, geez, they had a great record. Well, you know, it looks... Yeah, they had a great record, but that was the beginning of the season. That's when their defense was playing well, and it was ranked very high. But as the year went on, they kept getting lower and lower and lower and giving up more points, more yards. Uh, and you are so right. I mean, Tennessee came in there and just dominated the line of scrimmage, ran the ball. You know, could they do that against the Ravens? Yeah, they could. 
but I, I do believe that their, the Ravens' offense is going to give them so many more um, challenges than what they saw from New England, and you know, even from a defensive perspective. Uh, but you know, you are absolutely right, Ted. If you can pick up first downs, which means you technically have a very good running game, then you can do anything. It gets back to, you know, my experience back at Ohio State, back when I was there with Woody Hayes. We didn't do many, very many good things. We could run the ball. Yep. And when you ran the ball, you owned time of possession. You, uh, you know, usually kept the other team very, very low scoring because you never gave them the ball. You never had a three and out. Everything was run, run, or a little ding pass. And uh, just we weren't we weren't interested in scoring any one play. All we wanted to do is to get a first down. Well, you look and at Derek, but you know Derek Henry is maybe the toughest guy to bring down in the league. Yes, he is. I mean, he's so big, impressive. right? Don't I mean, you just every guy's like, no, 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 don't run into me. <laughs> it was honestly, he had guys afraid out there because he was just plowing them down, just running over them. I'd give it to him um, thirty times. Seriously, or or throw, or throw it to him out of the backfield. I want that ball in his hands as much as possible. He was, uh, he was energized. He was enthusiastic. He was driven, and you could just tell that first contact didn't mean anything. He was going to just start knocking people down, and I give him a lot of credit because he literally put that team on his back and said, "Follow me." And that was that was impressive. That was impressive, especially against a New England team. Yeah, the whole world is saying Baltimore is going to crush them, and maybe they will. But I'm taking nine and a half points in Tennessee if I if I had to. <laughs> I have to agree with you. I don't think it's going to be a crushing event. It's you know they're going to. I still think they're going to be able to run the ball, and uh, and because you know everybody thinks the Ravens defense. I, I think the Ravens defense. I think of days of old, you know, when they had that incredible defensive line. Yeah, they're not that good. <laughs> no, they're not that good. No, they're, they're still good they're right very now. good though. They're very good, but they're not even. Cl- I mean, that's a whole different. You know, that's one of the all-time great defenses. You're yeah, it was. About. I mean, you start. You know, their safeties, their corners, their linebackers. I mean, that, that front four. I mean, that was incredible. So yeah, they no, they would they, like they, to have Ed Reed and uh, and uh, Ray Lewis right now, but they <laughs> yeah, they do. They're not in the neighborhood anymore. <laughs> yeah, they said you know when you you build a team down the middle of the field, and because that's where most of those guys get in on more plays, and um, yeah, those guys aren't around anymore. Before we get to the Sunday games, I got to take a break, and we'll talk about my bookie. Christmas has come and gone, but the Super Bowl is quickly approaching. We've seen just what our teams are capable of this season, and now it's time to get your last bets in before the bowl. Head over to mybookie.ag to make your predictions a reality. MyBookie is one of the most trusted in the industry, and if you're looking for a sports book to make some bets for the bowl games, MyBookie is where you want to go. Football not your thing? No worries. MyBookie's got it all, from the NBA to the Premier League. They've got the fastest payouts, best promotions, and a very helpful 20 customer service team. You can even pull your bets together for a bigger payout. Let's say you got a couple of big favorites this week. Parlay wagers let you bet multiple games together, and if they all come through, you win big. My bookie has more lines and better odds for the player than any other sports book around. And if you join right now, my bookie will match your deposit halfway, all the way up to a thousand bucks. That means if you deposit two thousand, you'll get an extra thousand dollars in free money to play with. All you got to do is use our promo code B. LV to activate the offer. 
Once again, that's promo code BLV to get your extra cash from my bookie. Bet, win, get paid. And we welcome back Doug Plank as we're talking uh, playoffs here in the National Football League Sunday. It's going to be cold everywhere at Kansas City, at Green Bay. Doug, Houston against the Chiefs, Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes. That's a hell of a matchup. Uh, 31 degrees, no snow, but uh, did you like playing in that kind of weather? No, not really. I mean, I think sometimes uh, teams can really play in cold weather and take advantage of it, where there's other times, you know, one of the teams that was in our division, I have no idea why, was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Why would you put Tampa Bay in a division with Chicago, Minnesota, Green Bay? And my favorite time is when they always played in Chicago yeah. because the game was always it was it was scheduled for December or November and they would come up and they had like 15 uh, sweatshirts on and gloves and hats and and you know what effectively you saw right during warm-ups they were not going to play they the weather was more important to them than anything else so um so you got a dome weather, team here in Houston right that's playing outdoors yeah good luck yeah exactly it's so anyway, it's it's just one of those situations that uh, you know you have to take a look at you know what the background is, what have they done earlier in the year um, under you know certain conditions, and uh, you know I just think that you know that game could go either way. Bill O'Brien against Andy Reid. Uh, I think there's a major advantage for Kansas City there. I'm not an O'Brien guy. You know what? Especially, you know, I think just watching his team the last month, I just don't think they're hitting on all cylinders. I just think there's Talk a about lot Houston. of miss. Yes, Houston. Yeah. There's a lot of misfires. I mean, just wide open plays. Several times where they just got gashed, and they're looking around. What happened? How did that? I mean, I watched the game late in the season when Denver went in there and just beat them up. And, and, and Denver had lost the week before. And I thought, you know, this game might not even be close. And it was a shocker. And all the people that were leaving and going home early because uh, they were just so discouraged. Yeah, I remember and that game. So it's just I, I can't understand. They have an incredible up high and an incredible low. And uh, when they're low, man, they're low. How do you I have mean, a low, though, in the, in the playoffs? <laughs> Truthfully. It happens. It, it happens. I'm serious. For no reason at all. I mean, like you would say, that that game, those games towards the end of the year, I don't know. It's it's hard to have letdowns for those games because all those games mean something, especially if you are into the playoffs. So those, those games do mean something. It means either you're getting into the playoffs or it puts you at different positions, you know, home field advantages and things like that. So I don't know. I, I don't think that team is firing on all cylinders. Tennessee I'm talking about. Or Houston, Houston sorry, right? Houston. Right. Uh, and, well, you know what? And they had too many turnovers last week. They were really lucky to win. Deshaun Watson brought him back from nowhere, and he might have to do it again here. And I, I don't know if he has enough weapons. I, I, I like some of the guys that he throws to, but uh, they're just not uh, producing enough. They're going to have to score more points, I think, against Kansas City. Deshaun Watson, 
I'm sorry for criticizing the team. I did not mean him. <laughs> he, he did some incredible things. Oh, he was the savior where, last week. Where he should have went down. I yeah. Mean, oh, yeah, that last play. These, you know You know what oh I Do you agree with me? That was what brought me back to the Eli Manning Super Bowl play where they almost yeah. had him down five yeah. times. But this was an athletic guy doing it as opposed to Eli who looked like he was going to fall down 19 times at the time. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that was so entertaining and so exciting, and everyone in that in that stadium just went crazy. (laughs) Teammates, I mean, so energizing, and you know, and not that he hasn't done that before in some capacity, but you know, to do it at that time, I mean, that was just that saved the game. That was totally. That was a difference in the game, and I just it just goes to show you that one guy can make a difference. One one person out there with the right attitude the right determination, and that's all that was. It was guts and determination, and he got through that play and and made it, and it was just, I mean, the people, the fans, the other players were just coming up to him, giving a big hug, and uh, that's what made that game so special. Temperature 31 degrees, feels like the low 20s. I feel like I'm going to lay the points because I don't trust Houston outdoors here. I don't even know what the points are. Nine and Uh, a half. Kansas City, nine and a half. Yeah, I would, I would go with Kansas City. I think uh, they they played in conditions out there. Their stadium is out in the middle of nowhere. It's out there in a the prairie. Uh, you <laughs> go off the interstate, and uh, the baseball stadium is right next to it. I mean, you're thinking, why did they put this stadium here? <laughs> I mean, it's like wild fields and fields all around it. I mean, that wind just blows and blows. I mean, it's just it's one of the coldest places when that wind starts blowing and it gets cold. Wow, it's yeah. Well, it's it's supposed to be not skills. too windy, like ten miles per hour, so it's not going to be too bad. But uh, we'll see how that goes. I, I'll tell you what: if I lived in Kansas City, I'd never go to a game because you couldn't get me out of the barbecue place. I, I I'd be eating food all day. So that's the way I am. What do I know? Yep, <laughs> I know they, they they do a pretty good job. Exactly. Uh, also, Seattle at Green Bay. Talk about cold. Doug Plank, it's going to be about 20 degrees at kickoff. The snowstorm will be hitting the night before on Saturday night. They're hoping it doesn't linger, but uh, that's brutal. I think it's going to have an impact on Seattle. And, you know, boy, these guys have had some great games. Remember the game, the, the Hail Mary into the end zone? Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> another just, you know, outstanding finishes. And, you know, I think... Seattle has more talented players than Green Bay does, but I think Green Bay has more um, skill at those individual players. They have a few players on their team that I think are more skilled than the players on the other team, but I do think Seattle has a better overall team in terms of athleticism, talent, speed, all those sort of things. Yeah, you, but you know the way I'd look at both teams, Doug, and they both have found ways to win all season. Mm-hmm. And I think Seattle's been more fortunate than Green Bay, although not a lot more. And like it looks like to me, again, the team that wins this game is going to have to find a way to win because nobody's going to dominate anybody. Yeah, there's no way. I, I think this is going to be a rather close game. I think, uh, you know, Russell, you know, I think Seattle has a good game plan in terms of their quarterback situation. I think his run-pass options are outstanding. You know, I really like watching him in the playoffs. I think he played extremely well. You know, I thought their offense and defense, you know, answered the bell. And uh, But, you know, and 
they uh, they're in a situation though that you know they have a tremendous uh, home field base in Seattle. But the same thing is true with Green Bay. You know they've got incredible fans. I mean, I've been up there where it's cold. And all of a sudden, those fans just start yelling and screaming. It's almost like you can't even hear yourself. So, I mean, I, I think the home field fans are going to definitely have an impact. Uh, and um, I know the, the weather <laughs> could be a, a, an issue, but uh, I'm going to go with the Seahawks on this one. Interesting, interesting. And you like beast mode going back there too. And who knows yes, how I many do. times? Yeah, I sure do. How many times can he touch the ball at the A? At not, he's not old, but he he's uh, let's just say a little rusty. <laughs> you know what it is though. Sometimes you know when you start evaluating athletes, and sometimes as players get older, Ted they can they can still play for a few games a year yeah. at their old level. If that makes sense. Can they do it every week? No, they can't do it every week because they can't recover fast enough. But if you're asking them just to do one game, you know, one game and play it on the line and, uh, you know, get some rest before, be ready to play, I'll tell you what, they can do some amazing things. Um, And, you know, especially if they go – one thing that goes faster than, than, than raw power, raw aggression is skill, catching, throwing. Those those are skills that start e- evaporating towards the end of your career. But if you are just determined and be aggressive and and fight and and be you know be very hard nosed, that skill you can bring back for many years. So that's not something that all of a sudden you're in the league for ten years and that gone. No, it's not gone. You can still bring it back. What you can't bring back is that same speed and that grace and that timing, whether you're throwing the ball, catching it, you know, that's, you're, you're losing some of the finer points of the game, I think, as you get older. Well, Doug, uh, you got the opposite on the Packers. You got a younger guy, Aaron Jones. I mean, I make sure he touches the ball a minimum 20 times in this game because he's been great. And, I, and I'm, th- I'm talking about running and uh, throwing to him. Uh, the guy can do a little bit of everything. And uh, I would not try in that cold weather to have to throw to – uh, Devontae Adams is great, but outside of that, I don't know if I trust the other guys in this situation. I want Aaron Jones to touch that ball. Yeah, I think sometimes, too, it's it's very easy just to have plays that you, you normally are, are going to work or have that uh, during the season. But, you know, sometimes and these coaches are really good at this. They take a look at each individual team and, and, and can isolate it down, you know, matchups. You know, who can get the best matchups? You know, which team? And here's the other thing, Ted. You only need one matchup in your favor. Yep. One one matchup where one guy can take advantage of another. And then you've got something. And then you just keep working it. So, I don't know. I, I'd be surprised and not have this thing come down to the last minute. <laughs> like like many <laughs> other games that they played. Um, I, you know, I, I think both these teams are going to fight and bring it to, all through the fourth quarter. As long as it's not another ice bowl, that's a good thing. <laughs> Too damn cool. No, no ice bowls. Yeah, we're talking on uh, Bart Starr's birthday here, the late, great Bart Starr. So uh, a little something special in that ice bowl, that's for damn sure. Anyway. Uh, that was amazing when you look at that game. And oh, yeah. Imagine One of my favorite games ever. Went far beyond football skills. You were you were really uh, just it was testing you as far as 
what your what your um, ability to fight off the elements, concentrate, and and be a good teammate. I have a fun story about that game and dealing with Bart Starr many, many years later, and that'll be in my book, uh, Touching Greatness. If I ever finish the damn thing, I'm getting close. <laughs> anyway, we will take one more quick time out here uh, before we get to the Monday night game. We've got to talk about Manscaped. Folks, it's 2020, and you know what that means. New year, new me, new bulls. Man, listen up. Harry Bushes are so 2019. If you're going to pick any New Year's resolution this year, let it be take care of your junk. Manscaped is making it easy with their grooming products. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their lawnmower 2.0 is proprietary skin-safe technology so the trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. So manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. And don't use the same trimmer on your face as you're using downstairs. That's just dirty. Manscaped also has the crop preserver and anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting the order on the smelliest part of your body? Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, at manscaped.com and start the New Year's off right and start the New Year off the right way by using the best tools for the job. And your balls will thank you. And back with Doug Plank. Doug, finally, the college game of the year, Clemson against LSU. I'm going to say Tigers are all Tigers here. Six-point favorites. What do you think of this ball game? And uh, does Clemson have enough to surprise a few people because they were not quite in the same uh, radar scope all season long, and here they are again? No, I think it's awesome. You know, and your quarterback really is going to make a big, big difference. And, you know, especially when you get down to Clemson, I think what he did in that game against Ohio State was outstanding. I mean, he, he not only performed on the, on the field as far as athletically, when I watched him on the sidelines, he, again, he was another person talking with his coaches, talking with other players. I, I just think he was an example. You know what? He wasn't just an example in throwing the ball like a Joe Namath. He took off running. Yep. He was out running defenders. I mean, and, you know, of course, you know, LSU is a storybook finish in terms of, you know, what they've done this year and, and what they put together and the tremendous athletes they have. And uh, I think they did a great job, too, you know, just with, you know, picking up coaches, you know, that helped their program as the season went on, you know, to bring in that kind of uh, veteran leadership. I just think they did an outstanding job a year long. But, you know, it's down to one game now. You don't have to be the best team. You don't only have to be the best team for one night. And, you know, those teams, I think, are going to start looking at every little nook and cranny that the other team has, whether it's special teams, offense, or defense. And remember, Ted, all you need is one or – I think in a game like this, you get one or two more big plays than the other guys, yep. you win the game. Because I think this is going to be two giants squaring off. I mean, uh, you know, Clemson fell behind Ohio State. The way they came back, wow, that was impressive. Yes, that it was. And by the way, me. I apologize as a Buckeye that you are. I didn't mean to bring them up. But, uh, <laughs> no, hey, listen. No, I don't. Just, is, <laughs> when, you, when you get into broadcasting, you've got to start looking at everything across the board. And, and I think it was an outstanding comeback. I mean, it was a great game. It, it really was, was a great game. A great game to watch. And, you know, because Ohio State was, it's like two, two, it reminded me of two heavyweights getting in the middle of the ring tent and just unloading on each other. And Trevor and, Lawrence was really, really impressive because, you know, it was one of those things where it looked like Ohio State, Iowa State was going to take care of biz, and he just took over. Yep, he sure did. 
Yep, and he, he was a great example to the rest of his players. And just what, you know, watching his guys on the sideline as he ran by them a couple times, you know, on his sideline, everybody's cheering and yelling and screaming. It was a great game. And, and no, maybe the team that you were rooting for didn't win. But, you know, even those players that came off went, hey, you know what? I know we don't win tonight, but man, that was, that was a heck of a game. Yeah, well, by the way, we haven't mentioned Joe Burrow yet, and he only threw for like 9 million touchdowns the last game. So so the question is, can he be stopped, and how is Clemson's D against him? You know, that's, I, I think that's really the one thing that um, hasn't been a great uh, attribute from Clemson is their defense. And, uh, you know, they've let some teams score some points on them. Uh, it's, it's, everybody talks about their offense all the time, how great their offense is, running the ball, throwing the ball, the athletes they have downfield, their offensive line. Um, you know, those are all big boys, too. You know, those, those guys are big and strong. You can tell they look weights. I mean, it's everything you want. It's not, they're not out there doing, uh, f- you know, finesse. It's, this is not a finesse team. This is in your face. We're going we're gonna to smash you and move you around, and we're going to do all the things that we need to do. And, um, so from that standpoint, I think that really, Ted, this could be another uh, fantastic finish. And it would be great to see both these teams, you know, going into the fourth quarter tied or, you know, one or two points separating them. And, uh, but I do think when you get two really, really talented teams like this, most games that I watch, the determining factor on winners and losers are turnovers. And the, the team... You know, in the NFL, if you get one more turnover than the other team, then generally you're at an 85 to 90 percent bracket of winning, and it just shows you how powerful. Because it not only gives the other team another uh, possession, but mentally and emotionally it impacts your your team. It's like someone just swung and hit you in the gut. You are oh no, and especially if they're able to convert that uh, that fumble, that interception into points. Wow, it's it lingers with you the rest of the game. So I'm going to come down to whoever wins the turnover battle is going to win the game. Yeah, and one more thing. How about Ed Orgeron? I mean, are you on his bandwagon? Uh, you know, the whole oh, world yeah. the whole world has said before he took over at LSU when he had a chance at USC and they did not hire him as the full-time head coach, he's a fantastic recruiter. He is an outstanding defensive coordinator type, but is he a head coach? And he's certainly showing he is so far. you got to give him credit, and he's putting in all the right pieces around him, the assistants that are getting it done, Doug. Yeah, it does. But not only his assistants, but other people that he knows and respects. He has them come. In like John Robinson. Team. Like John Robinson. And, you know, he, John Robinson shocked America a few weeks ago when he was showed up on the sidelines. <laughs> people were, hey, there's John Robinson. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, by the way, he's working with a team. They're going, no, come on, give me a break. <laughs> and it, it goes to show you, though, you know, most coaches have an ego. No, 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 it's me, me, me. I'm the smartest, oh, I'm the yet. best. You know what? When those coaches are willing to offer, you know, and say, you know what, I don't know everything. I, uh, this, these other people can really help me become better and, and they can be where I can't be all the time. And that's what he has going right now. And it's almost like every team has their little motto, Ted, like the chain, you know, the yeah. turnover chain, I mean, whatever it is, you know, or singing the songs. or uh, Yeah, Miami you know, was choking on that turnover chain this year. But that's <laughs> <another story. laughs> 
you know, I, I really like uh, Coach Fleck from Minnesota. Oh, yeah. you know, he's got his he's got his little things going too, <laughs> and you know, it, it, it kind of distracts the players from all the pain and suffering of football, and says, "Oh no, we're having fun. This is great. It's a game." <laughs> you know, we're just we're just out here enjoying ourselves and laughing and smiling, and uh, and and he he's been doing all the right things. And you know, the players that inter- they're interviewed, they can't say enough nice things about the oh, coach. They, everybody loves him. There, there's no doubt. Yeah. Orsheron is like one of the all-time great player coaches. Oh yeah, it's you know that's what's great about him though, because you know a lot of times. Younger, 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 Ted. It's always no, no, no. That old man, he can't, <laughs> he can't do anything. He don't even know what he's talking about. Oh yeah, the, the old man does know what he's talking about, <laughs> and he's run to put together a heck of a program and made it fun. I mean, he's made it fun for oh, everybody. Absolutely. So, and, so look, you got the Battle of the Tigers here, Doug. Uh, LSU is a six-point favorite. Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, defense for Clemson. Can they stop him? What the heck do you like? Here? I'll say uh, the last team that has the football, and I think that's going to be LSU. Okay. Last team that has the football. Wow. Yes. Okay. I think it's going to come down to that. It's going to be one of those type of games. Uh, and, and I think LSU, with the people that they've got, um, if they don't turn it over, I mean, if they come in here to make five turnovers, Ted, they're not going to win. And, you know, you can't have big old teams like this, heavyweights, going against each other. And, you know, if you make too many mistakes, you leave yourself wide open sometimes, and then you, you get the quarterback smashed or something like that. Yep. You know, you have a kickoff return go against you. Uh, how many games, you know, a kickoff or a punt return, it, it opens up the game. Um, you know, it just, it just totally changes the whole perspective on – the winning and losing it gives it help, it gives the one team a touchdown, and all of a sudden they've got all the momentum. So that's where I say in turnovers, uh, it's not just interceptions and fumbles, but if you special teams wise give the ball to the other team and they run it down your throat either on a huge kickoff return or a punt return. Wow, I haven't seen too many of those teams lose, Ted. Well, I expect a pretty good game, but I don't know if I fully trust the Clemson defense against Joe Burrow's offense. No, and I'm, no, no. I'm going to lay the six points and say, beat me, baby. <laughs> I would agree with that 100%. I yeah. agree about 100%. And, be, and besides that, by the way, I do love Ed Orger. He's such a great guy. I dealt with him when he was at USC, so I'm rooting for the guy big time. He's hard not to like. Exactly. You listen to him, the interview after the game, going, man, I like that guy. He's a great guy. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Isn't this going to be a fun be weekend? Fun weekend. Absolutely. Doug, I appreciate the time very much. Always love talking football with you, and uh, let's enjoy every second of these games, man. Ted, you know what? You, you, we could be here next week going, Doug, you had no idea what you are talking about. <laughs> you lost every bet. I'm just saying, that could very easily happen. Of because course. That is how close these, all these teams are. It's just a pass or a tackle or, you know, it's a mental error, and, and the other team wins. I mean, that's it. And so that's what's going to make it so great, though. We're not going to go watch some whitewash, you know, black, you know, just uh, killing, you know, as far as one team just smashes the other and they're blanked out, you know, they don't Unlikely. get any points. No, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. Yeah, well, by the way, uh, they came up with the term talk is cheap for us because we don't have to bet any money on this. We're just, <laughs> we're just talking about 
All right. Thanks for the time, man. Always the best. Okay, Ted. Great. Thank you. Again, a big thanks to Doug Plank for joining us on Touchy Greatness, the podcast. Hope you guys all enjoy your long, outstanding football weekend. Boy, should be a bunch of great games. So until next week, again, I am still Ted Sobel. Enjoy the games, everybody. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.